Friends, our gospel reading this morning is from the gospel according to Matthew, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 11. Hear now the word of God. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him in the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Some years ago, there was a new battleship that the Navy had just launched. And it was out for its shakedown voyage, the, 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 the voyage that all new naval vessels take, where they take it out to sea and put it through its paces and make sure everything is working right and repair the things that aren't, make any changes that, note any changes that need to be made. This is a very special shakedown run, for this battleship is being commanded by an admiral. And so they go out for their shakedown cruise, and as they're coming back into port, it's night, and fog has come over the water. And this is in the days before uh, radar. And so they're having to navigate very carefully. And as they're getting a little bit closer to the port, they see ahead of the, ahead of the ship is a light. And they realize that this light and the battleship are on a collision course. So the admiral has his signalman, and this was long enough ago they had that little flashlight thing for Morse code to signal to this light. Say, we're on a collision course. Alter course. And the signal came back. We are on a collision course. You change course. Now the admiral was angry about this. He's an admiral. He's used to being listened to. So he sends his signalman back. He says, you tell him this. I am an admiral. Change course. And the response came back. I am a seaman, first class. You change course. Now the admiral's really mad. He says, you send back this. I am a battleship. Change course. And the response came back. I am a lighthouse. You change course. Friends, Lent comes around every year to offer us a course correction. I don't know that that's a real story. I don't think it is, but it, I wish it was. Um, but in the story, if the battleship didn't change course, it was headed for disaster. It was heading for rocks or who knows what, but it was heading for disaster. 
It had to change course if it were going to be okay. And every year, these 40 days of Lent come around to offer us the opportunity for a spiritual course correction. A radical reorientation, if you will, that it offers us an opportunity to look inward and reflect and to see where we may be falling short and where we might need to change course if need be. These verses that I read from Matthew's Gospel sort of show us the blueprint for what Lent is for we Christians. Lent is 40 days, a season of 40 days of preparation for the Feast of Easter. And it reflects these 40 days that we see in Matthew's Gospel where Jesus goes off into the wilderness. To set these verses in their larger context, Jesus has just been baptized by his cousin John. And so this new phase of his ministry has just started. Jesus was... For the first 30 or so years of his life, he was the Son of God. He was God-made flesh. But it was not public knowledge. He was just a carpenter in Nazareth, living an ordinary life. Until he goes out to be baptized by John in the verses preceding these I read. And after his baptism, the voice of God announces from heaven, This is my Son, the Beloved, with him I am well pleased. And it was at, that's the hinge point for Jesus' earthly ministry because after that he begins his public ministry of preaching and teaching and healing, of traveling around, a, a ministry that would end at the cross and the empty tomb. But between the baptism and the start of his public ministry, he goes off into the wilderness for 40 days to prepare. He spends that 40 days in prayer in fasting, so that before he begins this universe-changing task, he goes off to prepare himself spiritually through prayer and fasting. And that sort of mirrors what we do during this season of Lent. Forty days of prayer and of fasting. Forty days of preparation to prepare us for whatever it is God has for us to do. And we see... Jesus at the end of that 40 days when he's at his most vulnerable spiritually the devil tempts him and tries to tempt him away to what God has called him to do and what Jesus knows is his mission to do yet the temptation is there and the temptation is real and the, to me what's so instructive in these verses is that yes Jesus stayed true to who God called him to be and to what God called him to be but I believe that he was able to do that because of an intentional period of preparation, of prayer, of fasting, so that when temptation came, he was able to deal with it. He was able to recognize truth from falsehood and walk in God's way. He was able to maintain his focus. If you were here Wednesday night, you heard me introduce the idea that this Lent, I'm encouraging us all throughout these 40 days to give some attention to that idea of focus about how we are we how are we or aren't we focused on our relationship with God how are we or aren't we living into our role as disciples of Jesus Christ that is people who follow Jesus and learn from Jesus for some of us focus might mean a reorientation a, a turning of our attention from one thing to God 
One of the analogies I've heard applied to Lent is that Lent is sort of a spiritual boot camp. Now, maybe you're probably familiar with the idea in a a military sense when we talk about boot camp. It's where you go off to, to stop being what you were to become something else. It's a reorientation of your life from being a civilian to being in the armed forces. It's, it's, it changes your life's purpose in a way, but it, it, or at least the role you're living into in life. But it's an intentional period of, of weeks of physical training, of emotional training, so that you're ready for whatever life brings next. Lent sort of does that for us, spiritually. But boot camp is not just, a, that's an idea that's been applied to other contexts, not just the military. Gyms offer boot camps. You don't have to go live at the gym for eight weeks, but the idea is you will commit yourself to a period of time of intense training, of intense disciplined activity, maybe altering what you eat, maybe altering your daily routine. But the idea is if you can do something in an intensely for this designated period of time, you come out the other side of that period of time different, living a different way, thinking a different way maybe even. Lent is an opportunity for us to have a spiritual boot camp, that we might undergo hard work spiritually during this time of year, but it offers us the opportunity to, to reorient our lives toward God to focus on where we're living into our relationship with God through Jesus or failing to do so, inviting us to maybe make necessary changes, maybe even some that require hard work. As we begin our Lenten journey, we're reminded that we have to constantly work to orient our lives toward God. And Lent offers us the opportunity to sort of take spiritual inventory to make necessary course corrections And make no mistake, there are plenty of things out there that tempt us off course. We're probably, many of us, familiar with the idea of of giving up something for Lent. Maybe you've done that as a way of, of a reminder during this time of year when you miss whatever it is you've given up. That a way to focus on your relationship with God. Maybe it's a prayer prompt. Maybe it's something along those lines. But I think just as powerful is the idea of taking something on. Making some behavioral change, maybe. But taking something on and adding something to your life during the season of Lent. And I would encourage you, if you haven't already, to look around at Central and maybe find some ways to do that. There's some things you can do right now that can help in that purpose. Not things that are somehow magical, but things that open us to the power and presence of God. If you're not already, I would encourage you to subscribe to our church's daily scripture readings. If you just go to the website, centralmethodist.net, on a pop-up window comes up, and you can click right there. And members of our church family, every week, write uh, a prayer, and, I mean, we switch it around, generally by week. That, but every, so that you, if there's a weekly, a daily prayer and Bible study guide comes right to the inbox in your email. It's also on all our social media platforms, so you can get it on your phone. But of just a way to add some prayer and Bible reading intentionally to your life, especially if you don't already have that as part of your daily routine, maybe add that. I know that not everybody can 
get away in the middle of the day. But we have these Wednesday services at 1230 every Wednesday during Lent where we will have uh, a wonderful concert this week and the weeks after a series of guest preachers that we're bringing in. We have our ongoing Thursday services at 1215 where we gather for prayer and Holy Communion. Maybe you're not involved in a Sunday school class or small group or Bible study group, and that's something you could add. Maybe you might want to find one of our very many mission opportunities that you can participate in. I would encourage you, if you, I know you all read the bulletin every week feverishly when you arrive, but do read that and maybe find some ways to connect. Any of us wearing white robes up here or any of the rest of us who are anybody, I think, that's involved in any level of ministry at Central would love to talk to you about and help you find ways that you can connect if you're feeling called to maybe connect and serve at a deeper level. Lent offers us the opportunity to find those things. And they are so important, not because just because they help us draw closer to God, but because they help us be spiritually ready for when temptation comes. Because we are daily tempted by sin. We are distracted so often from the things that keep us focused on God so that we do become disoriented and, and those things can help us find ways to make sure we are oriented toward God. In Lent, we are called to turn our back on those things that keep us from relationship with God, to make changes where necessary, and to refocus on our life as disciples of Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, as we continue in our Lenten journey, we pray that you inspire us to open ourselves to your power and your presence. O oh Lord, as we continue in this season of Lent, open our eyes and our hearts to ways we can follow you and serve you. Help us, O oh God, to focus on you, on our role as your disciples, as followers and learners from Jesus Christ. Help us to do those things, O oh Lord, that open us to that grace that you offer. Lord, now as we prepare to come to the table of Holy Communion, we pray that you open us to your presence here, that we would, O oh Lord, feel your presence, and that through the grace of this holy meal, you would equip us to do your work in the world. Lord, we ask it all in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.